If you're looking for a happy place, well, you found it. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, ready to bring you another edition of Live Happy Now, the podcast dedicated to bringing you closer to your true happiness through powerful scientific studies, relatable stories, and a little bit of fun along the way as well. That's certainly in store for us today. We want to thank our partners, Live Happy Magazine, their website, livehappy.com. You can find the latest edition of the magazine on newsstands now, a new one coming out very, very soon, at least uh, from the date that we recorded this particular episode. And we look forward to telling you more about that on down the line. You'll be uh, actually hearing from some people today that are in that magazine. We also want to thank our partner, Life Reimagine, and their website, lifereimagine.org slash happy, which is just filled with all kinds of resources for you that you can go through, uh, processes for you to try out to help you reach that peak happiness. They say, as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagine.org slash happy. In this episode of Live Happy Now, we're looking at finding forgiveness and the journey towards happiness with an emotional story from Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and TV producer Gail Kirschenbaum and her mother, Mildred. Again, that story is coming up in the December issue of Live Happy Magazine. First of all, Gail and Mildred, we uh, want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Your story uh, in the uh, latest edition of Live Happy Magazine is incredibly interesting and incredibly powerful for people who may be going through similar situations uh, that you two went through. What drove you to make this documentary, Look at Us Now, Mother? Well, I had made a funny short film called My Nose about my mother's relentless campaign to get me to have a nose job. And the reason I actually made that film, I made it for her because she had been on a campaign since I was like 15 to have a nose job and was convinced that everybody agreed with her. If that I had one, my my life would be better. So as a middle-aged woman, I agreed to visit a few plastic surgeons as long as I can have a camera crew there with me and she didn't care about that and I made a short little film a funny film that was 13 minutes long that had a big life and it played in festivals all over the world and other venues and won awards and what it actually did was completely alter my life because I've been a producer myself a TV producer and writer and director and broadcast and film and so I've been spending my career telling other people's stories and suddenly there I was with a sort of light, fluffy film about my mother and my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I would get off the stage from the Q&A, usually with other filmmakers, because it's a short film, so I'd be with other filmmakers, Sure. there would be a line queuing up in front of me, and I got to the point I knew what they were going to say, and they would say the following, I love you, nose, don't touch it. I can't stand your mother. How do you talk to her? And three, let me tell you my story. Because we all have a story. And then I was coaching people on how to forgive whoever that person was, usually a mean parent, sometimes a mean mother, and how to forgive that person who's long, who, who could be long dead. And then somebody who's a therapist witnessed me coaching them because I'd go from the auditorium into the lobby because it was in a festival setting, so they have to prepare for the next movie. And she said, you have to do a seminar. And I'm a sem- I said, a seminar. And that's it. I sat down and I created these seven healing tools, how to transform difficult relationships and get to a place that you can forgive. So I started doing those. And when I started doing those, I started hearing more and more stories. And, you know, I always attribute, I always say, think of John Lennon's line, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Mm-hmm. 
all of a sudden I was I realized that I had been tapped that I really had to tell my story of forgiveness and my journey with my mother and I asked her if she was willing to come on this journey um, I kind of had a sense she would be because when the nose film played in Washington DC and we ended up on the cover of the Washington post dial section and the first line into it the journalist said if you have a mother like Gail Kirschenbaum you better get yourself into psychoanalysis and mom read it and she said great bad press is better than no press (laughs) (laughs) so right so I knew she had a thick shell and um, and so I asked her do you mind doing this we would go to therapists and she was fine and so I locked the door and did nothing else I launched a Kickstarter to get started to raise my initial funding and that's a long answer to a simple question. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's there's so many things that, that do play into this. And for folks who haven't read the article, uh, th- this was something that it's, it's, it's more than just the nose job that really comes through in the article. Can you tell us a little bit about what your experiences were, uh, Gail, as a child? And then, and then uh, Mildred will get your take on it as well. Oh, yeah. One thing I think I have to be very clear, which your listeners might not be clear, So the nose film was just a little funny 13-minute short. And when I said then I locked the door, I actually locked the door and made a feature documentary. And it's called Look at Us Now, Mother. Mm -hmm. And that's the film that um, the story's written based on, that that the journalist read. And that's on the festival circuit, and that will be released next year on TV next year. So that is um, this feature documentary of my mother and I going on this journey to... I'm on an investigation, like, what happened? Why did you treat me like this? And I'm digging into her past. And this is a journey over decades. Um, so th- I just wanted to be clear about that. Yeah, absolutely. We're, your your experiences growing up that, that kind of uh, led into this, it seems like that would be something, Mildred, that would be very difficult to examine, though. It, it, it's sort of a way of sort of opening up uh, old wounds and taking a look at at uh, some of your own faults. Was that difficult for you to start this process, Mildred? Well, I looked at it different. You have to understand that Gail was growing up during a time when the kids were experimenting with LSD and all sorts of things. As a matter of fact, she has a uh, an artist friend who was a prolific writer who took one trip too many and he ended up like... Uh, a goma pile, you know, <laughs> uh, losing losing everything. And so maybe if we didn't have a tight rein, I don't know. You have to understand the artist world was different in those days. Mm-hmm. I think it was the time they experimented more than they are today, the time when... Um, the um, gay and lesbian community suddenly found something called AIDS. It was a very difficult time. And then at the end of the movie, I always tell this. When Gail was born and we bought a crib, it came with instructions. She didn't come with instructions sure. on how to raise. And Gail is an artist, and we're really more of a numbers family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognized her art immediately because when she was two years old and she, I gave her a coloring book, she never scribbled. She made polka dots, made flowers. And when she said she would do this, I didn't question her. 
because I know she has such a wonderful eye on all her uh, segments of producing. I knew she would put it to, pull it together, even though it's bearing my soul and nailing me to a cross, but I would still have the wood up for sale when all is said and done. That's, Do I make sense to you? Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. I think that'd be a very a very difficult thing to do, but when you know that that the subject matter is in good hands, as it is with Gail, that'd be that at least make you know that it hey, at least is going to be presented uh, fairly uh, accurately and uh, in in uh, in yeah. a positive manner. And you know, we've we've come out of uh, uh, film festivals to standing ovations mm-hmm. and lines. Outside, not only for her, for me. Right. People of every race, every color, every creed. Everyone has a problem. 95% of the people, or 99, brush it under the rug. Very, very well, true. You know, I, I say that I'm lucky. I don't know anyone else who would have made a film like this that's very deeply personal. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else who could have. First of all, you know, I, I have a very funny mother who was willing, who has no censor at all. Right. I had a huge archive because my father started shooting on 8mm footage in the 50s when I was born. You know, I... Um, and it, and I and I'm an open person, and I'm a storyteller. That's a gift I have. So, and I was committed to do this so I can help other people. So, what I, I tell everybody is, we need to the ability. To, we need to learn how to forgive because we have to forgive for ourselves. Because even if the person who did you wrong, <laughs> growing up, and usually it's a parent, because eighty they say eighty percent of child abuses comes from. Per, parents, mm-hmm. that you need to get to a place where you forgive that person, whether they acknowledge they did anything wrong or where they did anything wrong, because in most cases, you're like asking Stevie Wonder to drive a race car. They're clueless. So you have to do it yourself. And that's how what I teach people, how you reframe, how you look at that person who you wanted to love and adore you and nurture you and change how you look at them. And Look at them as a wounded child and this journey. And, you know, and many things... Look, my husband was uh, one of four. Mm -hmm. And he had a sister that was born 10 years after he was. And after the sister was born, the boys didn't count in the family. As a matter of fact, when my mother-in-law died, they didn't even realize she had three sons. And so... And it's true. Now... I had two boys, and of course you want a girl, but because of what happened to him, I knew she wasn't going to become the princess of the family, and the boys would be pushed aside. So maybe because she was young, she read it a little more severe than it was. Yeah, I mean, there's... I have to... Just say something. You know? Go ahead. There, I assume you haven't seen the movie, but but uh, it wasn't me reading it wrong. It was it was abuse, <laughs> and uh, it was it wasn't good. Um, so I'm not here to vilify my mother by any means. And in the film, people say that I did an amazing job not to do so. But um, 
Yes, it was. As one of the therapists in the film says, well, do you think you went too far? When mom says exactly what she says about not wanting me to be the princess, and my mom's response is, maybe. And the therapist goes, you did or you didn't, and she doesn't answer Sure. I, I think there's a lot of a, a lot of difficulty in even capturing it, it, to, to self-reflect can be very difficult uh, in private, let alone with somebody there and and let alone with a camera crew there. But as you were talking about, uh, Gail, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they uh, can mm-hmm. admit to themselves or not, or whether they see it through your eyes or not, it's more important that for yourself that you take that step toward forgiveness. How did you come to that point, uh, given everything that you went through? Well, um, I have, I'm just going to share briefly these seven steps that I use, and, or, or I'll just tell you a little bit. Sure. The key is to, um, well, I don't know, I was going to say if you believe this or not believe this, but um, old soul, new soul uh, mm-hmm. thoughts. But I, I do feel I came into this world as an old soul because I feel like I came with knowledge, um, which I don't know where I would have gotten, into really a family of new souls. And when my mom was uh, really not was not good to me from very early years, um, and I kind of had this Cinderella complex and was sure I was adopted very young because so I couldn't understand why my brothers were loved and adored and I was certainly not, um, but so I wanted to know what was going on with my mother because I thought I didn't do anything wrong. I just came here and there was anger towards me. So I used to pick her brother's brain, what happened in mommy's childhood, what happened in your childhood. And I tried to dig things up and it was very hard. So mm-hmm. I took years to dig up the skeletons because moms of the generation, you don't hang out your dirty laundry. You don't share things with you about your life that are dark or, or you hide things. You don't even tell anyone that someone had cancer. So um, it was an investigation for me. I had to find out what happened in her past, and I got enough information, even from digging up genealogy records because she continuously does not remember any uh, many emotional things, and finding family members that I never knew existed that are very close, like her first cousins that you know, I never knew these people lived, existed and bringing them all together. So for me, it's about understanding the person who is not kind to you, who is abusive to you. And I tell people, you know, if you're able to dig up things from the past, great. Uh, I did and I was able to, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can have a toxic boss or somebody you don't know anything about their past. And I just say you just have to come to a conclusion that they are wounded because anybody who has to be cruel and abusive to anybody else, unless there's some major, well, you could have a chemical imbalance, but if they're just really cruel to you, they're hurting. And, I, and you know, I actually never married and didn't have children, and that's probably no accident, but I tell people who have had a child, if your little kid comes to you and says, Mommy, I don't love you anymore, you're going to bend down and you're going to give your kid love because you know that's what they need. So if your mother or your parent says, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you need a nose job, you're going to amount to nothing, they need love. <laughs> you know? yeah. So look at them as a child who's wounded. Just change how you look at them. And once you could do that, then you can render that abuse uh, powerless. I was giving a seminar once, 
And there was a beautiful woman in the class. She was beautiful inside and out. She was an actress. She was a very sensitive woman, very intelligent. And her, fa- and her father preyed on her, not her sister. And she said one time she got a nasty, one of the times she got a nasty text from her father, and her sister was there, and her sister said, ah, forget about it. Just look at him as a big baby in a diaper. <laughs> and I just never forgot that image. And obviously the sister was not preyed upon because she never let any of that bother her. So it's usually the sensitive people that become preyed upon by abusive people because abusive people want to have a, see their power, you know. Sure. So it's easy to affect uh, that, on, to have that power over people who are sensitive because they feel everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same way the line goes after the weaker gazelle. They're going to go after people they know they can get their reaction from. So exactly. you, you've gone through this process. You've made the film. I, I think a lot of people who are listening and have, have experienced similar things are really looking forward to, to seeing this. Where are the two of you now? I mean, you're obviously t- together right now on, on this, and you, you did the interviews together with the magazine. But how much has your relationship with each other improved since you started this journey? I would say it's pretty good. Um, we we uh, actually, since my father passed away in 2006, we started taking a vacation once a year together, and that was like the first. And it, it started with one of my films was playing in France, and she said, oh, I'll join you. I said, you will. <laughs> and then we made a three-week holiday of it. So I would say... Um, I, you know, she didn't mention my nose anymore. I mean, if she did, it wouldn't even bother me. I mean, it hasn't bothered me for decades. People just would hear it and go, how do you handle that? It's like, I don't even hear it anymore. So I, I think uh, I can't. Mom's on the phone, so I'll let her speak. But I think, you know, she's in her she's in her 90s now, and she's a very vital and very vibrant person who's very independent. And so what's incredible is that we're having like this, she's having this new life. I mean, I've been in many festivals with other films, but now <clears throat> she's out there a little bit in the limelight and uh, people are asking for her autograph. <laughs> and uh, I, I joke that I created a monster. And um, yeah, it's pretty funny. So, I mean, she can answer that question, but I think we're pretty solid i would say you know i speak to her every day wherever we are i mean i always make sure she's fine and i'm really probably even though there's three of us i'm probably the one that is will be there for her immediately as i have for any illness she's had but i'll let her answer that question how do you feel mildred do you think things have improved since this journey started oh yes um that doesn't mean we don't argue Oh, you know, sure. We don't agree 100%. I can tell you that now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I am a feisty person. Uh, sure. well, I, I, I was going to say, I didn't want to overstep, but yeah, it sounds like a, that, could be, that could be something that could come up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we have gone on vacation uh, the same way as she rely, I rely on her for the artistic work, she relies on me to plan the holidays and etc. Because um, I'm good at what I do. I own the travel agency for years. Uh, I even take care of her finances and deal options with her because that's my forte. Not art. I can't draw a cup and a saucer. <laughs> but I can tell you about stocks and options and I can tell you about about the best way to go to a location anywhere in this world. 
because that's my expertise. Sure. So I think we sort of balance each other out. Yeah, it sounds like And uh, why harbor? If I'm annoyed with her, if she's annoyed with me, we're free to say what we want. You know, I was married a long time before my husband had a massive stroke. And uh, he never knew what hit him because it just happened, one, two, three. And um, we argued almost every day, even though we were married 62 years. But we never went to bed angry. Because if you do, you harbor it. And within a one day, two days, three days, five days, you don't want to talk to each other, whether it's husband and wife or fathers and mothers with children who do not talk to each other. And if you ask them point blank where, why, I don't even think they remember why they stopped talking. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I come from a family that somebody said there's no boundaries. <laughs> Sure. I know more about some members of my family's personal life than I need to know. So it's, we, we are not a family of keeping things in, and by far my mother is not, and we're very <laughs> open. But, but my big message to your audience and, and viewers and whatever is that... Open it, the lines. Well, I'll keep the lines open. Well, that, that's your big message, but my big message is, <laughs> is I'm sure, we're doing that routine now. There you go. <laughs> Back to you. Right, you have to you have to send everyone to look at our podcast because we're a trip. Um, <laughs> is uh, you have to forgive, even if your mother or whoever that person is, or parent will never admit they did anything wrong. I mean, really, what my mother was saying before about you know me growing up at the time of drugs and LSD. But you know, this started when I was an infant, so I wasn't on. I was never a drug taker anyway. So um, whatever there, but when she says, I, I, you know, you're a, per, a child is not born with the manual, and it's true. And, you know, whatever her demons were when I came into this world and whatever affected her, and, you know, you can see this and learn about certain things that I uncover in the film, um, can explain some of her behavior. But the fact is it's, it doesn't matter. Um, I forgave her, and I forgive her. And, yes, we still do argue, but um, we're different people. As one of the therapists said, I was essentially a misfit for my family. I mean, my poster says, oh, I, I think my poster in the opening of my film says, did you ever feel like you were born into the wrong family? Mm-hmm. And uh, our little giveaway pins are, I survived my family. <laughs> so I was very different for my family because I, you know, in every way I'm very different. Um, so a lot of my contemporaries, you know, I'm a baby boomer and we're all, we're all, you know, investigating our past and writing our stories and doing our, you know, doing our one person show. But one thing I've noticed, because we probably are going to launch a podcast too, and we did a lot of pre-interviews, is a lot of the people I interviewed were people who have not forgiven their mean, usually I'm doing mother-daughter, so it's mean mothers. And they say, well, their mother never acknowledged they did anything wrong, never said they were sorry. And it's like, hey, guys, you know, they're unaware, and you have to forgive for, for yourself, and this is how you do it. Um, so that's my message. And we're building a movement which is going to be focused on forgiveness, specifically between mothers and daughters, and we're going to launch an initiative called Drama with Mama because everybody <laughs> wants to tell. I hear everybody's story. You know, I, they come in emails. They come wherever I am. So I want to give everyone an opportunity to share their own story and to build this community 
where there's a support system and where we can sort of unleash and et cetera. Absolutely. I think that'd be something that uh, would be of great value for a lot of people. And as as that progressive uh, progresses for you, we'd, we'd love to hear more about it, love to hear more about your podcast. And uh, and hopefully we can get an opportunity to talk to you about that uh, sometime down the road as, as you move forward with that. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Fantastic. That would be nice. And I, I just want to say one thing. I happen to live in a community um, in Boca Raton. And uh, it's not a senior community, which is nice because we still have school buses coming in. Uh, But I listened to my contemporaries, and one said, oh, I can't stand my father. I didn't even go to his funeral. Another one will say to me, I haven't spoken to uh, my son in, in six years. I haven't seen my daughter in five years. And I asked myself, why? Mm hmm if you carry such a burden, it can't help you. It can only harm you. Sure. Sure. That's... Why carry such a burden? That's a very there good point. There is nothing unforgivable. If my kids were for murder, I would back them. But that's me. Sure. And I'm hoping other parents will do the same thing. Absolutely. We thank you both so much for your time, and uh, like I said, we'll look forward to uh, seeing the film, and we'll look forward to uh, hearing more about your podcast and uh, the the Mama Drama Project as it progresses. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> thank, thank you, you. very it's much. It's been a pleasure. You can read more about Gail and Mildred's story in the December issue of Live Happy Magazine on Newsstands Now. You can also visit livehappynow.com for more about this episode and many, many more. And while you're online, let us know what you thought. Give us something that you took away from this episode or something that you'd like to hear on another episode. We're open to suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or on Instagram by searching MyLiveHappy. You can also just send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. For Gail and Mildred Kirschenbaum, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you and remember to always live happy.